The following episode of TOEFOP is rated M.A. It may contain Batman references, time travel references, sexual references, lost trains of thought, and mild course language. TOEFOP advises that the program is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who enjoys succinct, coherent conversation that might actually have a point. Minors must be accompanied by a parent, guardian, or priest. This is John Deke speaking. This is Tovop. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson, and I just got a little insight into inside the actor's studio. <laughs> yeah. I got like as Charlie said the words that he says. He goes, "How does this start again?" Yeah. And then you said the words out loud, yeah. and then you did them. Yeah, I dropped in. I dropped into character. Yeah, I like that. Man. What is your favorite curse word? <laughs> Fuck and tits and cunt and shit and assholes and cocks and haven't, can I only just get one? <laughs> Welcome to Tofop. Well, we've earned the explicit rating early in this episode. I don't think we've ever done an episode that, like, there may be some that A don't PG. have the explicit rating on them because sometimes just for whatever reason. Well, when I, I don't know when you took over when I had my little hiatus, but when I used to upload them, I used to always tick explicit, even yeah. if I couldn't remember what we talked about. Oh, I do regardless. I imagine we said something <laughs> explicit, saying we've started this podcast and we're a minute and a half in and you've already said all the swear words. Yeah. I imagine that we probably well, have. Well, I, I know we swear a lot on this podcast because every time I do radio, I am so fucking paranoid that I'm, I'm going to swear. Like, I just choose my words like someone at a deposition very, very carefully. I am so amazed at my capacity to to switch between not swearing and swearing. But you've been doing it for years. I know. Gruen warm up to gru- doing Gruen is my big transition. Right. If you're ever talking about like, so I, I come out at the start of Gruen. So Tommy Dean does like the first audience warm up, but then I do kind of like a, I come out and I warm up the crowd as well. You yeah. know, like he's the host and I come out and I tell a whole bunch of jokes that I can't tell on the television and they love it. And then I have to sit down at a desk and not tell any of those sort of jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's going to be a quick uh, little handbrake here, guys. Yeah. We're going to ease this back a little. Yeah, you're, you're the star forward who gets put on the bench for three quarters. You're like, oh, God damn it. If they just gave me free... If they put me one out in the goal square... No, if they sent me, they sent me down back. Yeah, right. To play on their best player. And that's my job. And I know I have to do the job for the team to win. I have to do the right job. But uh, yeah, no, in that moment, I really do have to make a big transition. I have to sacrifice my personal game, Charlie. For the sake of the team. So we're in Sydney and it feels like the first, and it's not summer yet, but it feels like the start of summer, doesn't it? Well, I think partly because, you know, it's sunny, like it is a beautiful sunny day. But secondly, we did like a community activity this afternoon. And I mean, this is a very TOEFOP day. I mean, this was a big day for this podcast because I feel like, you know, sometimes this podcast is our vision board. And if we say things, then they actually happen. It is amazing. You know, like when I talked about, you know, Dolph Lundgren all the time with Jen Kirkman and then suddenly now he's living in my building. Yeah, that's right. So we've manifested another thing, Charlie. Mm-hmm. Uh, today you messaged me this afternoon. Do you want to talk me through that? Yeah, yeah. So I, uh, well, I was just browsing uh, Facebook and I went to the Tofop page and I saw you'd posted something saying, hey, the Hoodoo Gurus are playing. So I just texted you saying, hey man, I'm thinking I'm going to check out the Gurus. Do you want to come? And I said, I'm introducing them. Yeah, that, that's what happened. That's I said unbelievable. This, I said this afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, I, I yelled into a microphone, uh, my favourite Australian band in the world, Hoodoo Guru. It was awesome. And it was awesome. It was great. 
I mean, the best thing about it too was, so this was a, a fundraiser to save the Bondi Pavilion, which yes. is uh, at the moment, uh, developers are trying to get their hands on it because they want to, like everything in Sydney, they want to zhuzh it up. For and- listeners who have not been to Bondi, basically um, Bondi, when I first moved there 16, 17 years ago, used to still be, there used to be people who like on the front, Campbell Parade, which is the big road, like there used to be people who just had houses there. Yeah. But now they're all just like million dollar, well, multi-million dollar apartments yeah. and stuff like that. But this Bondi Pavilion, which is this community center that's right on the beach there at Bondi. You probably know it. Like if you've seen any photos of Bondi or, or seen Bondi rescue it's the big pavilion just just behind the sand if you've ever seen a shriveled guy's cock after he's come out of the surf in the cold bondi that's what i that's my memories of the bondi pavilion going into where everyone's having a shower and just seeing men stop freezing yeah and like it's it's like watching a scene from westworld basically you feel like you're in the operation theater and Mm. you've got all the naked bodies around you yeah because it's a massive dressing room and showers and stuff like that and look people have trouble wearing clothes in bondi to begin with so imagine when you get into a change rooms, it's fucking like Cox for Africa. When I went down there today, I was like, again, and I mean this like in the most, you know, I understand my position as a white heterosexual male and privilege and all those sort of things. And I try to be that sort of person. And then I go- What, privileged and white? No, as in like a person- Get out of my way, colored person. I try to be a person who checks my own privilege, oh, right. Charlie. Yeah, sorry. And- Not someone who just tries to accentuate- <laughs> Their white yeah. privilege. And I lean into that. Yeah. And I was seeing you more as like Donald Trump's son. Like you've got the slick back, you wear, <laughs> wear a suit everywhere. Like, isn't it amazing? Like those Trump kids, they have, I, I didn't know what, what, how do you describe that look they have with the slick back hair and the power suit? And it's like, oh, it's the American psycho look. Yeah, it's the American psycho look. It's like they've gone in and said, hey. Make Chris- me look like an 80s Wall Street douchebag. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I've just brought in this mixtape of tracks from the 80s. Yeah. If you could make me look like Christian Bale in this movie, if you're, that's my look. You're, no, if your hair, like you've got the sort of more rock and roll version. Right. But if you wanted to put heaps of like oil in your hair and slick it back and we put you in a nice double-breasted blue pinstripe with a powerful red tie, you could pull off Wall Street yuppie wanker. That's my uh, plan. No, is it? (laughs) I mean, I spend half of my year in the United States of America. I'm flying there next Wednesday. So what that means, Charlie, is that is November the 9th in Australia, but that means at the same time it is Tuesday, November the 8th in America, which means I will get on the plane and America will decide who their president is while I am on that plane. Yeah. That plane may not land. Yeah. America may be on fire. Yeah. Like, I was thinking about this the other day, this idea of going... You may be the first person to take control of the plane, not to commit a terrorist act, but to turn the plane around and go back to where you came from. Well, I did think this, like, the other day, is do they announce the result, if they know it, on the plane? They have to. Well, normally they would, right? Yeah. But I reckon if you tell like a like you know three hundred and fifty people trapped in a small enclosed space that they're flying to a place where Donald Trump has just been elected <laughs> president, I'm not sure that's it'll, actually something you want to tell a, a plane full of people. It'd be like Die Hard too. You know how all the planes are circling because no one can land because the terrorists have taken over the airport. <laughs> it's that, but on an America-wide scale, you just got all these planes refusing to land. I mean, because he's already built a space wall. <laughs> that's why <laughs> first day. I mean, it, it, it's kind of crazy to even think that that is a possibility. So that's why I've been growing my hair particularly long. So that if <laughs> Donald Trump in. is, like, I'm going to slick it down on the plane. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm going to get in there. I'm going to get that little pack of toiletries they give you. Yeah. And I'm going to get in and I'm going to slick them all in. I'm going to get myself in a suit and yeah. I'm going to walk off. You're going to take your... I'm going to lean into my privilege. You're, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're, you're going from checking your white privilege to bloody leaning all over that shit. Yeah, I'm going to white up. 
I'm going to do whiteface. It it's is. Going to, it's like a version of blackface, but I'm going to I'm going to come off looking like a goth in an American psycho suit. <laughs> it is. It is funny, like that. We we keep saying how did we get to here, but I mean the signs of like it's been a steady progression in this direction. If you look like globally, if you look at Brexit, like this sort of movement back towards kind of the far right in a way. Or I mean, even here in Australia, five hundred thousand yeah, people. Voted for Pauline Hanson, 500,000 people. So the signs are all there. Like, we are all saying we're surprised, but at the same time, like, it's happening everywhere in smaller scales. Right, and also, like, this is where the culture has been going. You look at the uh, the age of the, you know, the celebrity host, you look at the age of reality TV, you look at the fact that the most famous people on the planet are, you know, Kanye and Kim Kardashian, and that America has been raised on advertising. Like, mm. has, I mean, this is a place that consumes more advertising than anywhere else in the world. And advertising is, by its very nature, aspirational. You know, this idea that the biggest brand in the world, you know, Trump, mm. like, is going to be the president. Well, like, think, that makes sense. But think about when uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger ran for governor of California. There's a great documentary called How Arnold Won the West. And it's basically talks about how the power of celebrity, like, the... The, the governor that, um, I can't remember, his Governor Gray, I think he was actually recalled because he was doing such a bad job. They, whatever, the, the, whatever it's called, they had a, a snap recall election or something like that. Um, was and- it a total recall? <laughs> Is that how Arnold got involved? <laughs> <laughs> he was just Googling total recall reviews on the internet trying to see what it was on Rotten Tomatoes and just went, hang on, they've also had a total recall. Well, this looks like a Shit. job for me. Shit, they're making a sequel. They have me. <laughs> Shit. Shit. Uh, but this documentary focuses on the He'd just been up the back looking at the wanted ads for cops in kindergartens. You see, but you see the way Arnie, Arnie arrives at these conventions because all the other nominees are turning up in like, you know, their shitty cars, whatever they could raise with their campaign finance, you know. And then you hear, we're not going to take it. We're not going to take it. And then you see this big silver like Arnie bus roll into town and they're playing rock and roll and a movie star gets out and he says, I'm going to terminate death. And everyone's like, you know, <laughs> and it's like we all get sucked into it because it's exciting. And fucking like Trump is the same thing. Like we all tune in. I can't help it. Like I love scanning the paper first thing in the morning or scanning my phone first thing in the morning to find what crazy shit he's said. Like something has happened in like our our either our political ideals or or what we were willing to tolerate. But also, I think this is a result of, like, news becoming entertainment. Mm. Like, you know, I mean, this is the fact is And politics being about picking a side. Like, it's such a, it's such a kind of bizarre, simplistic attitude towards complex issues. You know, the idea that you are left or right. And it's like, surely there's got to be more middle ground. Like, surely there's got to be people who have conservative values and liberal values. And the fact that we are, like, labelling each other as left or right as if it sums up like all the complexities of, of the issues that concern people. It's insane. Well, I mean, that's the argument of false equivalence as well. Like, you know, the fact that the like anti-Hillary people think that these emails are as important as the fact that he is the most terrible person on the planet. Yeah. I'm sorry. Even if she was second most terrible person on the planet, if they had a worldwide poll <laughs> and she came in second, you should still vote for her. Like, it's at the point now where these are your two choices. I don't give a shit if she's not your ideal candidate. And by the way, I do think that there are reasons that people who are, you know, subscribed to progressive politics would have suspicions about Hillary Clinton, who is Mm. part of that machine and everything, you know, that capitalist Wall Street machine that has been a lot of the problems of the world. But I don't care. These are your two choices now. you you got to choose Hillary Clinton. I mean, by the way... 
what I really mean, if Donald Trump wins and he's listening to this podcast, I welcome my insect overlord. <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, I mean, because I'm going on tour around America for like seven yeah. weeks straight after the election. I think they're going to be crazy gigs. Because, yeah. yes, I mean... Are you going to do political shit? Well, I mean, you, it's going to be a changed world regardless. Yeah. And you're going to have a room full of people who are whoever gonna, wins. Half the room's going to be very upset. Right. It's a crazy time. If you go there. And I'm, well, and I mean, it's the crazy, happening the day I arrive. But the crazy, I'm doing shows in Portland like three days afterwards. The crazy thing about this election and the, and the, the hot button issues or the, or the things that it has raised is it now is bleeding into everything. Like you cannot, if you read any comment section about anything that maybe has nothing to do with politics, within about four posts, someone has labeled someone as having an agenda on the left or right. And then it just degenerates into this kind of, you know, blue and red, left and right argument, which is just so bizarre. I go to like these movie websites where, you know, you cannot, uh, it, it's something like they'll put a trailer up for a new George Clooney film. And the first three comments will be like, oh, this looks like a good film. I can't wait to see, wait to see this film. And then the third comment will be like, look at this smug, liberal Hollywood, blah, 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 <laughs> making a film about poor people when he's probably richer than all of us. Blah, blah. And then someone comes back at that guy. And it's like, how the fuck did we get to here? From like George Clooney's new film, but it's happening all the time. And the fact that that has been given permission for those ideas, I mean, the most dangerous thing he said was when he suggested he might not accept the result of the election, because basically what you're doing is also dog whistling to your supporters saying, you don't have to support the result of the election. Yeah. So regardless of what happens, whether he gets in, which I do think will be a travesty for America, but I don't get a vote. I live there half of my life, but... I don't get a vote. And you live with Dolph Lundgren. So if shit goes down and it turns into the apocalypse, then you got fucking like showdown a little Tokyo on your side. I mean, I got to be honest with you that, uh, you know, because Dolph. As That'd we... be the first apartment I'd go to. Like if shit goes down, like it's fucking the LA riots, fucking times a million, you knock on Dolph's door, right? He'll protect you. I mean, we He's have a legit black belt. We have pretty good security at our building too. I yeah. feel like that's what I would do. If 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 like if I can get from the plane to my apartment <laughs> through the through the like riding right through the riding in LA. Yeah. LA doesn't have a history of riding, right? <laughs> uh, if I can get through the riding, um, yeah, to my apartment, I think then I just hole up in my apartment because it's got good security. Dolph yeah. Lundgren's there. Good aircon, your place. It's got great aircon. <laughs> <laughs> good internet connection you don't need to leave big tv yeah yeah no it'll be fine i might not make some of my shows but i think i will survive through it and plus I, you know what i think my building too what you know if you if you're donald trump you're not starting with my building because again check my own privilege there's to be honest the only time that like illegal mexican people come to our building uh, is is probably to clean people's apartments and stuff, you know. So unless like it's cleaning day, I don't feel like this is the the first place that Donald Trump is going to go. Yeah, right. But I, so you don't think there will be? I'm I'm thinking more they're going to come for you because you're one of these uh, uh, lefty Hollywood pinko communist sympathizing socialist loving Obama Muslim supporting. That's why they're going to come for you. Gonna, I mean, you know I, what? They're literally coming to drag you out of your ivory tower. I, I got to be honest with you. I am all those things. I know. Right. <laughs> that's what you have, I will come up on a lot of Venn diagrams. Yeah. I'll be like, we've made our list. Yeah. And this immigrant, because yeah. I'm an immigrant After, as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this immigrant coming here to yeah. take our jobs. After you, they go for John Stewart, Janine Garofalo, David Cross. I mean, it's nice to make that list. Though. <laughs> I mean, that's good for me. As, you, as you're being hung up alongside the other comedians who are about to execute. You Put think, this oh. on next year's poster. <laughs> 
<laughs> Just glad to make the line up. <laughs> Will Lynch mob. Really good, really good to work with you, John. <laughs> yeah, I mean, since he injected the conspiracy theory element into this election, the idea that the media is against him and that you don't have to accept, you know, the results or whatever, or there's like, the, 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 it's rigged, it's a rigged election. Well, that so, is, as somebody said, and this is certainly, it wasn't my observation, I can't remember who did say it, but it was, they basically said, he's a Twitter blue egg come to life. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you've ever got a comment from like someone whose Twitter profile is still an egg, yeah. it normally says all the things that Donald Trump says. Yeah. Or it's a, like other people have said, it's like a, a drunk uncle at, a, at your barbecue. I mean, the whole time through, like my what I said way back was like he was trying to run for a job where he had to be fired to get his payout. <laughs> and like he just could not get fired. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it was like one of those yeah. things, I can't quit. Well, you've seen, you've, I don't want this job have you and seen, I cannot quit. Have you seen Office Space? You know, that Mike Judge film yeah. about the guy who hates his job so much he gets hypnotized to think he's you know, somewhere else, but the hypnotist dies halfway through the session. So all he gets programmed with is just do whatever you want to do. So he goes back to work and tells his boss to get fucked and that the place sucks and he just keeps getting promoted because I love a, a straight shooter just like him. Right, tells it like it is. Yeah. And that's what people say about Donald Trump. Yeah. You know, that he's he like, like, I mean, even his uh, like front foot offensive on his taxes and stuff. I mean, there are so many things. But you that's could, a thing. There's you so many things. Li- like list like a dozen things, maybe twenty things that should immediately disqualify you from being leader of the free world. And yet, I think it is that weight of numbers yeah. that makes him almost impervious. Because well, it's like here's what I think is going to happen. I mean, um, I, I don't think he's going to win, and I base that on nothing but just nothing like other blind than the hope. fact that people have been saying that for two years and he keeps winning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah me too. I'm blind, right on your page. Blind but. hope. But if he doesn't win, yeah. he's set this template now for a younger, hungrier, maybe a bit right. more savvy, least, less insane, but more calculating right-wing politician. Someone can look at Donald Trump and take a lot of lessons from that and go, okay, here's how you motivate people. Here's how you get them motivated and angry. Here's how you keep the momentum going against your opponent. Here's how you like say stuff without actually saying anything at all. But I'm going to put it in a sexier, less insane package that is actually more convincing than Donald Trump. I said this to uh, someone recently that I think Australia has been well served by Pauline Hanson. Because Pauline Hanson is our version, for international listeners, our version of these various you know, people who whip up fears against immigrants and stuff for you know, their own political agenda. And so Pauline Hanson, 20 years ago in Australia, first burst onto the scene. Uh, burst about, onto the scene. About the Asian invasion. Yeah. She did some time in prison and some other things that we don't need to go into, but she also did Dancing with the Stars and Sunrise. Yep. So anyway, she did a range of things. I remember I was at a Channel 7 party like in 2005 after the Logies, I think it was, and the Chaser Boys had, well, what a surprise, the Chaser Boys had somehow snuck into the Channel 7 party. <laughs> And uh, one of them went up to Pauline and was like, Pauline, I loved you on TV. And she's like, oh, thank you. And he's gone, oh, but I loved you more when you're, when you're in prison. <laughs> she never made a cameo on Home and Away as part of a cross cut. It wasn't Home no. and Go Away. What? Home and Go Away. Yeah. Just Pauline there at Summer Bay trying yeah. to stop the boats. <laughs> Um, so we've been well served by her, I think. And the reason I say that is she's incompetent. She is literally incompetent. She would not know how to lead a revolution if the revolution pushed her from behind. And that is essentially what has happened. She has been incompetent for 20 years. And finally, the weight of unrest or uneasiness or resentment or whatever it is that fuels these things 
grew big enough that they pushed her back up. Yeah. But it has nothing to do with her. If you say enough crazy shit and yeah. you can stick around saying that crazy shit, eventually you're going to hit on something and you'll right. catch it. You'll catch it. It'll catch the light. But also, eventually, there's just going to be an audience for that. Yeah, like there's going to be a big enough audience that that becomes a thing. Mm-hmm. But if we had had someone in this country who was smart or competent, who could talk, who could organize this sort of like hate in that same position, I think we would be in a lot worse position than we are because we're very lucky that the person who wants to be the nasty person is just really really terrible but it's funny but in every example like trump or boris johnson or uh pauline hansen like generalizing speaking broad terms but they are cartoonish figures in their appearance their behavior their mannerisms and stuff maybe that's the only way we can accept that level of kind of insane dialogue like maybe if you were maybe if it was like a slick charming you know a person with the same agenda we it, it, it would set off more alarm bells because it's coming from someone oh no i agree i mean i think you have to be essentially as a mascot yeah. for an insane asylum right but that's what it is i think that you have to be human clickbait yeah that's what pauline hansen is that's what donald trump is you know when pauline hansen makes her opening speech to the parliament and the next day there'll be five or six articles or, or probably 50 articles but about five or six things she said when you know when donald trump goes into a debate or whatever like you're going to be going what do i focus on yeah. is it the sniffing or the fact that he's not prepared or the fact that he's just looming behind her in like a menacing <laughs> way like he's going to attack her when she's talking or the fact that he clearly does not have a plan he's not mentioned once in this entire thing other than this imaginary fucking wall yeah. that was never going to get built he goes Mexico will pay for it yeah. mate you're saying crazy things yeah. and they're good at tunneling El Chapo like basically got out of prison in a tunnel that's better than the Sydney Harbour Tunnel mm. like He's, he doesn't have a plan for America. Like, even when he, like, they go, oh, you haven't paid your taxes. He goes, well, who knows better how to shut down people cheating their taxes than <laughs> someone who's been cheating their... You're like, you know what, mate, maybe you should do it. Maybe <laughs> let's just see how this goes for a bit. You know, I think if you swapped out Donald Trump with Gary Busey, I think maybe there'd be a bit of kind of like a, a wrinkle. And then people would just accept it, and we would have Gary Busey as president. Well, of the I mean, States. I feel like what you saying just before that, like, even if he doesn't win, that opens the opportunity. Yeah, so for, Gary Busey's going to run mate, for twenty Busey twenty 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 twenty. I mean, why not? Why, like, not? why not? He's a celebrity. Yeah. People love Point Break. Right. If he just gets up and starts fucking babbling shit about a cat stole his hot no. dog and now he's got to take a scooter down to see his mother on Mars, yeah. people would be like, yeah! you got to No, you can't just be weird. You've got to tap into some racism. Oh, yeah, like and was, I hate Jews. Right. right at the oh, end. It's Gary Abusey. <laughs> <laughs> so this is off topic completely. Okay. I uh, went for my first swim of the new season. It's starting to get warm in Sydney now. Uh-huh. And uh, witnessed a rescue I witnessed Australia's uh, lifesavers in action yesterday. An actual lifesaver? An actual lifesaver. Okay, talk us through it then. So um, uh, I went down. So where I live, there's a little, uh, I guess you'd call it like a, an inlet, but they've built concrete around the side. So it's like a, it's like a seawater pool, essentially. Okay. Uh, now tell me, talk us through it. Yeah. You leave home what time? What uh, time so of the day is it? Four o'clock in the afternoon. Okay, all right. Low okay. tide, the tide's going out. All right. And uh, when you go down to the beach... Um, do you you walk down right because yes. it's yeah, close I took to the house. dog down oh so okay so you took junior down yeah took junior down he okay. needed his afternoon walk so i thought i'll just i'll kill two birds with one stone and he and is he fine when you're in the water no okay it's very, <laughs> <laughs> it's very anxious like 
he searches the horizon <laughs> as if like as if a giant dog bone is going to arrive on tall ship like that's how he's that's how intently he scans the horizon uh uh so i because you can't take him down to the actual area where people are lying on right. their towels no stuff. dogs on that boat no dog well it's not so a beach, where so is he then what was so, the inlet so yeah so it's a little so, the so concrete. If you, imagine, you can't take him down to the concrete imagine a concrete u-shape like a, a horseshoe of concrete right. so that's uh-huh. that's where i go down so i go down on one of the sides of the horseshoe uh, so I can tie him up at the steps overlooking the concrete. So he can okay. see where I'm going. Right. I'll normally leave my towel and stuff with him and then I'll go down. I'm, look, so he by can the way, them, I'm not, I'm not like, you know, at the, at the time, I'm not like this conscious of my dog <laughs> maintaining eye contact with him <laughs> all the way down to the water. I tie him down and I go do go for yeah. a swim or whatever. You're leaving me I'm your not, towel and your phone. Yeah. And say, look, mate. Yeah. Make some calls. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy for you to like. I don't have unlimited bandwidth on this, so, you know, no videos. You can play a few online games. Okay. So, he gets um, into the Spotify. Do you Big wear of, clothes uh, down on the beach? Uh, yes, I wear it like... So, I'll get into my swimming gear, which uh-huh. is my shorts, my t-shirt, my thongs, and I put on a hat because it's, you know, Australia has a very high rate of skin cancer and we yep. all need to slip, slop, slap. Okay. Slap slip, on slop. a hat. Do we need to yep. explain what slip, slop, slap is? You need to slip to on a shirt. Phone. Slap, slap on, on some sunscreen. sunscreen and oh no, slip, slip, slop, slop on, slop some, on some sunscreen. sunscreen. Yeah. Slap on your hat. Yeah, yeah exactly. You slip on slip. a banana peel. Yeah. Slop on some food <laughs> and, and then slap, slap someone, someone who gives you attitude. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's we. No, no, this is a this is like a skincare message. <laughs> no, no, I understand. So you want us to create a campaign for you in which people yeah. assault people who annoy them, mate. So I slipped on some slop at a restaurant <laughs> and then I slapped a guy. I, I saw the ads. <laughs> <laughs> the most disastrous public health campaign in history. Mate, well, no, it wasn't. It was actually second behind uh, flip flop fat. <laughs> wanking was... your thongs. The, the notorious wanking your thongs campaign. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> it was funded by John Singleton. So tell me, uh, so you so you wear your t-shirt down there. So you leave your t-shirt and your towel with Junior probably, yes. right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and my phone and my sunglasses, which is always... Oh. This is always the great thing is like... Oh, hang on. So, but where are you leaving your phone and your sunnies? Do you wrap them in your t-shirt? Yeah. Because okay. if someone's looking, they're not going to look inside my bloody t-shirt. <laughs> They'll just go by. Yeah. Go, I know I'm a professional If thief. I'd worn shoes, Will, I would have bamboozled them by putting it in my shoe. <laughs> perhaps even putting my sock over it. Because I tell you what, thieves, they're easily deterred. Well, that's what I was thinking about with your thongs. I was like, you can't slip it in your shoe. No. So what's he going to do? Wrapped so you wrap it, it up. You wrap and it you know up what? As t-shirt. I wrapped it in my t-shirt, I also yep. made a mental note. Don't just rip your t-shirt up to put it back on. Remember, there's a fucking phone in there. And do you choose your t-shirt based on like whether people would steal it either? Because it was a really no. cool t-shirt. What you're really doing is, I, I, I is you're wrapping up the things they want to steal in another thing they want to steal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's, I'm basically like leveling up for It's them. entrapment. Yeah. you go. I've oh, upselled it. I'll get this for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't wear good t-shirts. You guys want a t-shirt as well? I don't wear good t-shirts to the beach. The okay. beach. I don't understand people who wear good clothes to either the gym or to the beach because both areas, it's sweat. There's a lot of fucking salt. Like it's going to get destroyed. So I Right, don't... but aren't those places also places where people like to show off their body and what they look like yeah, and their fashion bo- and those sort of things? Well, so, it's weird at the like, gym. You know. Yeah, I think there's a certain kind of gym, uh, uh, gym client who likes to get really dressed up and then there's the other end of the of the guys who literally come off a work site or something and they're just wearing you know paint stained boots they don't they don't give a fuck i probably fall somewhere in between the two i like to wear shitty clothes 
that are appropriate for exercising in. If that makes uh, sense. Do things tra- uh, transition into being exercise clothes? Like, so for yes. example, is something like a going out t-shirt, but then eventually just becomes a gym t-shirt? Yeah. Is that like the progression through your world? Yes. Generally, if it's sleeveless at one stage, it will have some gym time. So your t-shirts are kind of like the, the whatever they are in Westworld. We don't know what it is. Yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> but like they can be assigned to different roles. Yes. You, you can start out working in the brothel, but eventually you might just be someone well, in the, the bar the, scene or the whatever. Well, the evolution of a t-shirt's role in my life is you start off as obviously, you know, outdoor wear. Yep. Uh, and then you have... And to, indoor. Or, 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 well, no, no. Okay. I'd say you start as outdoor wear, and then at some stage you shift into indoor wear, and then but then comes sort of like the penultimate moment, which is, are you bed clothing? By the way, I just need to point out uh, that we do not have sound effects. Somebody working a soundboard <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. on the show now. We're not a wacky morning show all of a sudden. Yeah, suddenly, this guy's got a soundboard. Are they doing little squeaks in the background? No, yeah. the dogs have decided to bring Winnie in their Ramona. squeaky banana. Yeah. And uh, speaking of dogs needing attention. So <laughs> <laughs> the girls left the house and the dogs are like, all right, we're going out the back. Yeah, they brought the squeaky banana out to us. Yeah, had absolutely no interest. <laughs> like, you, you know what your podcast needs? A second banana. Well, a first banana in this case, I guess. Uh yeah, so I, uh, I, I don't wear good okay. clothes. Because to me, like once it's sort of got past the, the wearing out se- uh, section, it either becomes a T-shirt you throw on when you're going to be working from home one day. Yep. Or it's something you'll sleep in. And then the final, like the retirement plan for my clothes is, can I exercise in you? Because I, 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 I'm going to sweat. Right, yeah. Alive. So you won't go exercise then sleep. No. Yeah, so something will go from being pajamas. No, because you don't want to take a sweaty, crusty t-shirt you've been wearing in the gym to bed. Right, but you'd never actually wear your pajamas to the gym, right? I don't have pajamas. No, but my point (laughs) being that that's the t-shirt you've now substituted for pajamas. Yet if somebody rocked up to the gym in their pajamas, you would think they were weird, right? Yeah, 100%. Interesting. Okay. And so... No, I, I, I'm still I'm a bit more interested in the cycle of your t-shirts. I really am. Because I wear a lot of t-shirts too, and yeah. I kind of have a cycle for mine as well. So I find it interesting, which is, here's what I do a lot of, is I wear clothes now to bed that I can also wear out in public. Because I found that a lot of the time, because I get up earlier uh, in the morning, and so I will come out the back to my office and I'll start working in whatever I was wearing. I don't want to have to be rifling yeah. around cupboards and waking people up and blah, blah, blah to get other clothes. So I almost go to bed in something that I can wake up and then... I understand that. And then wear. And then often I'll find that I'm out here in the office until 2, 3, whatever in the afternoon and I'll go out and run an errand and realize, oh, I'm in my pajamas. Yeah. Gemma and I are having a, a, a debate at the moment about a pair of thongs that I bought. Oh, yeah, okay. That... I really like, like it was in uh, a last minute purchase. I was at a, in Byron for a wedding and, uh-huh. and you needed some thongs. I needed, not, not for the wedding, <laughs> yeah, but for the, day, for the day after, because we were going to go to the Could, beach. Uh, you've, you're actually too formal for this wedding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a very informal wedding. You're literally not informal enough. Uh, and so I went to the local corner store and there was a cheap pair of the classic Aussie black and white. So white top panel, black, everything else thongs i mean i'm always interested in who's buying those songs and now we're getting an answer to this yeah. question because you can get like a really decent pair of havianas for what what is a pair of havianas about 20 those? bucks 20 bucks maybe a bit more for but... a pretty good pair of thongs though. Yeah. like you know and yeah. so i always do wonder people who are going nah fuck that shit well so this is a limited option so uh-huh. i bought this on six bucks you know wrapped in plastic hanging out pretty much a service station 
I also I love that they're having business meetings. Someone's come in, the young gun executive at the Thong Company, yeah, uh, or flip flop company for international yeah. listeners, has come in and he's like, you know what, we need to be the next Haviana. We need to attack the market. We need to go for that. And then somebody else in the office goes, Hey, Kevin, we have a strategy here, which yeah. is limited availability. <laughs> we put ourselves in places where there are rare other options, and we've done very well with that strategy for years. But mate, these fucking thongs. And this is going to sound ridiculous, but they are the most comfortable thongs. Oh, they are? So comfortable. Like, well, maybe, you know, they should always, be, maybe they should be having a crack at Aviana's title. I reckon they should. There's always a, a point when you put on a thong. And for our American audiences, ha, 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 yeah, thong yeah. is what you call underwear. In yeah. Australia, where we bloody love the thong, we worship it. It's the not called a flip-flop. It's called a fucking thong. Do you think that thong is a better name than flip-flop? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure if we weren't what? starting Are we going to name we everything by the sound it fucking makes? Because that sounds ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, do other things make a sound? What other things? You don't Zipper? call your car a vroom vroom. It's a car. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we don't have to name everything by the sound it makes. <laughs> I think maybe we should. I mean, we get confused when we're eating different crunches. <laughs> And you wouldn't want to get the wrong squelch. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right. You're winning me over. Splat. Splat. But, so these thongs, yeah. I love them. And, you know, look, how is a thong, one rubber thong different from another? It looks just like, it doesn't have the Haviana symbol. That's what if we thing. called them slip slaps? No. So that doesn't work at all. Okay. Maybe kathak kathak. <laughs> you can call them kathak kathaks. If we're going to call them flip-flops, mine go kathak kathak. <laughs> That'd be great if next time somebody said, oh, like in America, you're in America and somebody's like, oh, flip-flops. Or you call them something different in Australia. You're like, yeah, kathak kathak. <laughs> no, kathak kathak. Kathak kathak. Kathak, it hits your heel and then hits the wall and then hits the ground. Kathak kathak. Like oh, that. sorry. I was like, kathak kathak. <laughs> you not got a, ka- you got a lisp? So you got kathak, a speech impediment kathak, saying kathak. Kathak, Tekak, Kathak. Hang um, on, what are they called again? Tekak, Kathak. Kathak, Kathak. Kathak, Kathak. Kathak, Kathak. Kathak, Kathak. Yeah, not Tekak, Tekak. Is there a second Kak? Is there a second K? No, it's not Kathak, Thak or Kathak. Yeah. It's Kathak. All right. Yeah. What about KKK Thak? They come in all white. Do you remember when all white thongs were the in thing in Sydney? When yeah. you and I first I had moved a pair here, of all white thongs. So did I sure. had a couple of pairs. Yeah, that's when Havianas became like sort of mainstream, right? Yeah, we it felt were like early yeah, no, we were, and we were we at the were forefront. There, <laughs> I know a lot of young people talk about it, but we were fucking there in the glory days of Haviana when they established. But that was a big moment, okay. in Australia because yeah, it they, went they from became that, it went from that thing of going this is bogans. thongs, yeah, like you know flip flops, like that's what people wear. To this idea of it being like a, a fashion brand of some sort, some kind. Yeah. But also the fact that there was now a premier. Pro- it was like that well, was the apple of let's, thongs. Let's 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 contextualize. It took off in Sydney massively. Did that? Is that right? Yeah. People were. I mean, I don't think that you were seeing that in Melbourne because it's very much. But yeah, but in Brisbane and Perth oh, and like yeah. Darwin. Well, no, and I'm stuff, talking that's but, but the I, but, thong weather. But the idea of dressing because what happened when Havianas took off is people yeah. were dressing up thongs, so yeah. you could go out in a cool pair of jeans, a cool shirt. And a pair of white thongs. I hosted like 216 episodes of a television show on a national broadcast <laughs> that wearing a pair of Havianas. Like that. No endorsement. 
No endorsement. Well, I couldn't. ABC, mate. Motherfuckers. Yeah. Pay for every pair. <laughs> 20, 20 bucks every six months. Not back then, mate. You get a good pair for 14. So my then. argument with Jem is that these thongs, to me, do not look any different in terms of design of Javianas. The only thing right. that they don't have is that Brazil badge on the okay. on one yeah, of the straps. Sure. And they are so comfy. But she, uh, I came home the other day and she was there and I was wearing the thongs. And she was like, you didn't... Where did you just go? And I said, I was at work. And she's like... You didn't wear those to work, did you? And I'm like, they're fine. She's like, they are not good thongs. Oh, as in like, you could wear your Havianas to work, but you might not be able to wear these like thongs yeah. to work? Yeah. That oh, somehow they're not going mine, out thongs. Yeah, but I don't... But you don't see the I difference? D- no. And I disagree. Charlie's <laughs> rocking his Kevianas. <laughs> the Australian Haviana company. You know what? I think the brand, if because they have a big print on the, on the sole. Yeah. I think it's... Oh, okay. The, See, that... Already, that's no, not on, not on the top, on the bottom. What's the bottom of a foot called? Yeah, the, the sole. sole. Yeah, so the the tread. Yeah, so on the tread. Aloha. Yeah, in big letters. That's, hey! that's your problem. But no one is seeing the no, bottom no, no, of my that's tread. That's your problem. Why? It's like how a dress shirt isn't a dress shirt if it's got like a big word on it. It's, it's on the, the same bottom. Thing. Nah, doesn't and matter. And it's written doesn't into matter. the tread. If you flip them off into the tread. Oh, mate, oh, come on. fuck off. Nah, I'm on Jem's side. No, 100%. you're not. Can't wear those out in public. But no one is seen. Down at the beach. It's not like I'm Junior going to put my sweet up. Sure. Leave them with Junior. I'm fine with How that. How are Havianas any more acceptable? Because they don't say Haviana in big fucking letters on the bottom of them. It says That's Aloha, which could just be a friendly message don't to care. other people. It says Aloha on the front of my fucking house, mate. Whatever. Mate, Havianas ran a campaign where they would let you go into a store where you could paint any fucking message you wanted. Yeah. You thong. painted your own message, not aloha. Well, what if someone had written aloha? I mean, but this is it. This is what fashion is, Charlie. People making these stupid arbitrary decisions <laughs> about what is acceptable. <laughs> That's what I felt has happened. Yeah. Because I, no, I, either that or I've slipped into that age now where I don't understand. Like, music doesn't make sense to me Mate. and I don't understand fashion. You, If you have aloha written on the bottom of your thongs, you are a step or two away from Ed Hardy. It is a slippery slope. Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're gonna have. You to... say this talking to me as I'm wearing my uh, Justin your girlfriend's. Uh, well, no, it's it yours. Oh, is this so yours? The 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 <laughs> the jumper that you are wearing has a picture of Justin Trudeau, the yeah. Canadian Prime Minister, shirtless, and he is surrounded by. Yeah, it's a kind of spoof of the uh, the Putin poster of Putin riding the horse shirtless. It's yeah. Justin Trudeau shirtless. He's on the back of a moose. Geese? Yeah, yeah, surrounded by geese. Riding a moose. Riding a moose. Surrounded by geese. And it is one of those tops that I it got. It sounds like a vocal warm-up. Justin Trudeau riding a moose surrounded by, by geese. geese. <laughs> Justin Trudeau. Trudeau. Just riding Justin a moose. Trudeau riding surrounded a by moose. Geese. Surrounded by geese. <laughs> uh, so uh, what uh, during my television program, uh, we had a running segment called What Would Justin Do? Uh, every year we do this thing. We did one back in the day called What Would Putin Do? So it's just like a way to get out of a segment, really. But every week we examine the thing we were talking about through the prism of what would Putin do in this situation or what would Kim Jong-il, I think it was, that we did originally, would do in that situation. Last year, our person was Donald Trump. What would Donald do? Uh, turns out terrible, terrible <laughs> things. It yeah. used to be fun and funny. So this year as a palate cleanser, we thought we would focus on uh, Canadian prime ministerial super hunk and, you know, progressive. Like you, know, you think boy. it's like he was built in a lefty laboratory. Oh, yeah. Right. It's like they took a little bit of JFK, you know, swiped some like civil rights leaders. He's a feminist. They just put mixed all in a big tub. And he was just like Westworld style. Mate. He was brought out on a giant ring. 
if we could get Luke, Be- if we could get Luke Beveridge and Justin Trudeau to fuck and make babies, <laughs> they would be my ultimate human being. <laughs> so uh, they gave me as my present at, from the crew at the end of it this uh, like uh, t- this top, and it's not really something that I could ever wear. So I put it in the cupboard, and then I came home one day. And because I told Amy about it, but then I came home one day and she'd been rifling through and she'd found it and it looks great on her mm. and it looks pretty good on you. I put a photo up on my Instagram, my rarely used Instagram that I'm back on for yeah. a little while until I get bored. So again. what's all that about? Why are you giving it a push again? I'm not really giving it a push. I'm back on doing it. Right. I've been on it for a long time and I just have never got into it. I just, I'm not really good at taking photos and I don't see the world in a visual way. But I'm about to do this big tour of America and I'm going to like, you know, Alaska and I'm going to go to Bermuda to do some shows in January. All this kind of, you know, weird and interesting See you places. Later, mate. You know what happens to go to people who go to Bermuda? The Triangle Man. Yeah. Yeah. Are you scared about that? No, that's why I'm going. Okay. Find the fucking maze. <laughs> <laughs> Can anyone tell I've been watching a heap of Westworld? Other news, uh, Australian comedian Will Anderson beheaded a woman and looked inside her scalp claiming he could find a maze. <laughs> Doctors say that he's been watching Westworld. <laughs> a lot. He's been watching Westworld a lot. I fell asleep last night. Uh, Amy had gone to bed early and uh, she's stopped watching Westworld. No, she's not into it? No. And I spent last week trying to get myself 100% into Westworld because here's what I've decided. I like it. I like all the concepts and what it's about and the mystery of it and all those things a lot. And I like Jonathan Nolan. I like his wife. I like the things they do. And this, it's all the themes that I love. You know, the idea of like, you know, yeah, maybe there's, you know, what does it mean to be human and, you know, artificial intelligence and all those sort of things that I, so, I, but I watched four, the first four episodes and I've got to be honest with you, I wasn't 100% there. I just kept watching it going, I wish I was enjoying this more than I was enjoying this. And I think what I just got, like thought about was, the thing I loved about Lost was that in between every episode, you could read Lostpedia and you could go and read all the theories and you could kind of get this deeper appreciation of the show, even if some of the things ended up not being the case. So in the last week, I think I have listened to, and I'm not exaggerating, 30 Westworld podcasts. Wow. Now, firstly, there are like 30 different ones. On the internet already. So there are did, so many so podcasts. Are those about, podcasts starting, like people, did any of them start before the show? Some of them had intended to do it the whole time. Yeah. So they have so like, they were just, so the, the show one. started them just sort of making predictions and talking so, uh, about. Uh, uh, it seems to me from the ones I've listened to so far that most of the ones that were there from day one are people who do other movie review, uh, okay. movie, uh, TV review podcasts. So they've done other series. They just decided they would do this series as their next series. And then there's a few people who've kind of like after watching a week or two of it have gone, hey, I should have a Westworld podcast. Yeah. And I've been plowing my way through them, just looking up on the internet, what's the best ones and listening to all these sort of things and listening to this all is their insane, theories. by the way. Like, this is the age we live in. This is insane. You find a show that you're sort of interested in and with a couple of hours Googling, you fucking create a list of podcasts that you can listen to, discuss the thing you just saw, not only like however many hours ago, like... I don't think the human brain was designed to absorb this information so quickly from so many sources. Well, here's the thing that I like, uh, there's a couple of things about that that I think you're absolutely right about, which is firstly, now I'm, I'm all the way in. 
Like now I've listened to enough stuff and I've heard enough stuff and I like I've enjoyed all these like podcasts to varying degrees enough. Even the ones that where I think they're completely fucking wrong. I love the idea that there's this thing out here where someone can be so passionately like this is what it is and then you listen to this other thing and you're like it's kind of a bit like footy. I love it though that you can actually that what what I love about it is is they've created something the the people have made Westworld and through your own initiative as a, an audience member, as a viewer, is you have now started constructing this own recreation for yourself, which is exploring the show through these podcasts and reading stuff online. Like, that's pretty incredible. Like, they are, when you think about what they've created, is it something that's created many industries like beneath it? Like, oh, absolutely. That's amazing. And, you know, this idea that. You know, you can get that knowledge of one podcast that's discussing the name of the town or the name of the person and they've gone and done research on what that means in like Holy Greek shit. mythology and they're trying to weave that in as if that might be something. And so you learn a lot regardless of yeah. how much of it has to do with the show. But that question that you've just asked about, you know, the creators and what they're doing, gee, that's a whole new game now if you're making something like this yeah. that you wouldn't have imagined in the first place no. that you would have to be catering to yeah there are people like looking Obsessions. at your show and obsessing like you can't just give a character a name yeah because all these podcasts talk about well this name means this or this name means this and you're like maybe they just were like my character needs a name or maybe everything in it does mean something but your thing's going to be examined in that sort of detail and the second question that then raises is are we in an age now, because there is so much of this stuff, because for the ordinary viewer, if Amy was going to keep watching it, for example, yeah, all this stuff I now know or think or whatever about the show, she wouldn't be getting any of that. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of it is apparent if you're just watching the show. Like you might pick up some stuff, but the weight of... So it's actually deepening your appreciation... Right, but what's the balance between making something where for someone like me, I can spend a week listening to all this different stuff and all these different theories, but also balancing making it for that person who's just going to tune in once a week and try to watch a show. Well, that's that classic Simpsons thing, right? Like the Simpsons was always amazing at creating two shows. One that sort of worked on just a good joke I mean, level. It's, a, it's weird that you say the word amazing because it reminds me of maze. Are you trying to tell me that I have to find a maze? Is that what you're saying, Joe? Either that or Westworld is some Manchurian <laughs> candidate style program where they're hooking into certain people like you and creating a cult of fucking like devotees, disciples to, uh, I don't know. I don't know what the, what does Jonathan Nolan want to do? Well, Correct I mean, the DC universe. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to create a bunch of angry anti-DC trolls. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, I, I wonder what the balance is. And I also wonder, because we live in this age now, look, where people want to like have it all solved by episode three. Mm. I wonder if people who've gone too far one way, because people on these podcasts I've been listening to, you hear very, like, I'm sure it's this, or I'm yeah. sure this is what's happening. And half of those people are going to be wrong. Yeah. So... It's not your fault because you're making a show, right? Yeah. But because you've made something that is ambiguous enough that people can come up with a different theory, yeah. are those people then going to be shattered when it's not the thing that they have convinced themselves it is? Um, like, do you lose a third of your audience no, when I don't you think reveal so. it's not the other one? Because isn't it like a magic trick where it's like, you know, you the, the magician takes your card and you're like, well, I'm fucking certain it's not going to be my card because, you know, I was watching his hands and blah, blah, blah. Oh my God, it is the... And then you watch the trick again and see how he fucking did it. Like, isn't it... 
Won't that be the result? Are you saying watch The Prestige? Because that's what I'm hearing from this. <laughs> yeah. <So laughs> this Jonathan is all Nolan a viral... Podcast. <laughs> well, it's funny. I've been reading this book um, called Into the Woods by John York, which is this... Uh, Tom York? No, John York. He's Tom a, York's brother. No. Tom and John. Don't think they're related. No. One's With a, an E one, on the end? Does he have an E or yes, no he does. E? Oh, okay. Yeah. So not related or related? No. Well, Tom York's got an E. Oh, he does? Okay. Yeah. Well, he's English. Could be. Oh, well, could, could be, be related. related. You know what? I actually sl- I shut you down really early, but you're talking me around. He's English. He's a professor right. of, uh, uh, um, I don't know, screen studies or something in, sure. in, in the UK. But he's written this book called Into the Woods, which is a, it's a screenwriting book, but it's sort of looking at all the sort of fame, like Joseph Campbell and Christopher Vogler and uh, uh, um, um, Sid Field, all the famous kind of people who came up with the three-act structure. This is how you write a screenplay, blah, blah, blah. And he posits that, there are two kinds of protagonists um, and one suits TV and one suits film. In, uh, in TV, you have a two-dimensional protagonist. So a two-dimensional protagonist is someone who doesn't actually change because of their experiences, but they deal with some kind of obstacle or challenge and they defeat that challenge and then they go back to the status quo. Oh, yeah, so okay. like I understand House, House yeah. is a two-dimensional protagonist. James Bond, is a, he's a yeah. rare kind of movie two-dimensional protagonist where... In film, you have a three-dimensional protagonist. I mean, sitcoms are mostly... Two-dimensional. Right. Seinfeld is you've a got classic. a reset at the start yes. of each episode, essentially. No one's ever moving forward. Yeah. No one's ever actually really particularly learning anything or whatever. Exactly. You're just seeing them repeat a version of the same day over and over. Yeah, they, they go back to being the same. And he said, that's actually, he said that for so long, that was the innate appeal of serial television. Like, Home and Away is a perfect example. Like... You don't tune into Home and Away to see the journey that Alf Stewart has been on. Right. You tune in to see Alf Stewart. And so that is the nature of why you tune in to see House or Law and Order is the cops will come up against a challenge, but ultimately they'll go down. You don't want to see them change. But then a shift happened with TV when things like HBO started and now Netflix where writers realized that you could actually take a character and put them on a really long journey of change and really explore all the kind of like, like Breaking Bad is a perfect example. You start with Mr. Chips and you end up with Scarface. And so he was sort of talking about um, when you're writing a series television show, if you are sticking to two-dimensional characters, you've got about two to three seasons tops because when you're sticking to a two-dimensional show where your hero isn't changing, they're just coming up against challenges, things that, you know, are in opposition or antagonizing them you're going to burn through every possible thing that could oppose your right here at protagonist is not challenge, not changing because you're just going to run out of ideas. But if your protagonist changes over season, so what they think they knew in season one is completely different to season two, then each season you can present new things to them to fight and overcome and finish as being changed. And I think that you're seeing that like Westworld is a perfect example of a three dimensional, three dimensional protagonist. Like, there's no way that uh, Evan Rachel Wood, whatever her character is, that robot, the Dolores, the Dolores farm robot. There's no way Farmbot <laughs> is going back to being Farmbot. Like it's it, it's it's laid out. Like she is awakening, or she's going to transition to something else. Right. Well, again, I don't want to get into spoiler territory because, like, I, I, oh, like, I haven't seen this. I've seen yeah. the first. And one also, I like talking about this like show, and so I don't want to overly like talk about it, like ruin anything for anyone, so they can't listen. And then watch the show. But um, I feel like she, and this, again, I feel like she has had awakenings before. Right. So I feel like what, She's we, the trouble bot. what we might be seeing is something really fucking tragic. Right. Is the idea that, like, 
not only like because you think it's this story about ai you mm. know and awakening and becoming human or whatever but i kind of get the feeling that it may have awakened before and right. this might be one of those horrible stories of like us well maybe those good stories because this is what's interesting in this show as well I, i'll try not to talk about any specifics because yeah. but at the moment i think we're cheering for the ai Yes, it's like Planet and, of the Apes theory. Yeah, and I am anti-AI. You know this. I've I've said it many times yeah. on the like podcast that I have genuine fears about you know yeah. our race towards artificial intelligence. Yeah, you hate our digital recorder so much you often won't plug microphones in. I mean, it's my silent protest, <laughs> literally silent, because the microphones are not plugged in. Sometimes it's like a barely heard through Charlie's microphone protest. But I think so far the way this story is being told that we are being positioned to cheer for the awakening of this artificial intelligence in some way, which is a confronting thing for me because because it looks so great and because it's being told so well, it's like at the it's end seductive. of like, oh, hang on, I'm on, I'm on the side of the Nazis? I like, like, yeah. I mean, what what's interesting about it, again, I've only seen the first four episodes, is it's actually, it's very current in the sense that what are people willing to do when there are no consequences right. or when, you know... It's you, a good question to ask. Well, right? it's perfect for this time. We were talking about Donald Trump at the start of the podcast. And this well, is, this is my Trump fear. And I was speaking to Mark Colvin, who's like the host of PM, which is like the flagship ABC radio current affairs program. And he's like this... You Chardonnay sipping, left-leaning, pinko, goddamn. He, um... We were talking about Trump and whether he thought Trump would get in. And he said his, his greatest fear is that there is an underlying group of... So Trump is pretty close in the polls. Like Hillary, Hillary is slightly ahead, but it's pretty close. And he worries that there is a bunch of people that if you ask them, too would you vote yeah. for Donald Trump? They would say no, of it's course like I when, wouldn't. It's like but when apartheid was raging and no right. one actually identified as being in favour of apartheid. Yeah, no, I, I don't know who's voting for it. Yeah. It's still a secret ballot, right? <laughs> yeah, no, no, I don't know. No, no, I love him. Is personally. that why Amy Schumer, anyway. <laughs> Amy Schumer came out and did that video about like, I oh, don't know, hers was about just getting out and voting. Did you see that Amy Schumer video? No. By the way, can we, enough with celebrities coming out and doing videos about voting and stuff. Well, I wonder if it helps. That That is a question. I, I think it ask. works against... Because every celebrity has come out, like, essentially, if apart you, from Scott Bayer. If you... If, <laughs> now, all right. Yeah, I can't believe... Like, yeah. How long's it taken? <laughs> how's it taken us this long to get to fucking Scott Bayer? Mate. Scott Bayer, who, by the way, like... Bayo 2020. As someone... Bayo 2020. That's the fucking As ticket. someone whose name... We want Charles in charge. <laughs> that's... As someone whose name is Charles, who grew up in the eighties, like fuck you, Scott Bayo. Mate, the amount of people who sang the Charles in Charge theme to me—I mean, I know it off by heart. And on the human internet, do you want me to bust it out? Uh, let me see how I will go. Okay. Uh, new boy. No. Uh, oh. New boy in the neighborhood lives downstairs, and it's understood that he's there just to take good care of me. Like, like he's part of, of the family, Charles in charge of our days and our lives. Charles in charge of our wrongs and our rights. And I say, I want Charles in charge of me. Charles in charge. Okay. Yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who knew? Right? Like Mike. fucking Scotty Bayo from Zap. But it is kind of weird. Like. <laughs> All right, 
This is, we'll get, we'll, who would have thought? We're gonna, we're gonna the, who would have thought a guy who made a movie about getting uh, secret psychic powers and only used them to rip girls' tops <laughs> off would be a Donald Trump supporter? There's a lot to unpack here. Okay. Now, when I first went to LA, I was out there for a couple of months, and uh, I started watching a reality show that was called Scott at Forty or Scott's Turning Forty or something, which okay. was a reality show about Scott Bayo, and the way they were framing this reality show is that he's this. Um, eternal bachelor, right? You know, who's nearing forty or is over forty. I do believe he was doing a bit, uh, like a good bit of work for a fair while. Like, I mean, it wasn't just Joni who loved Charchi, if you know what I no, mean. No, he like, was a, he was a producer on Charles in Charge. Yeah, but I, ma- but I also he made a lot of money, but he was also like a good looking man about town. I think he da- yeah, dated yeah. a lot and of. He like, was like like in the way that David Spade is always photographed yeah, with a beautiful blonde. Woman. Yeah, yeah, like Pamela Anderson. Yeah, I believe, and this may be time we. Uh, consult Wikipedia. Okay, here we go. It's been a long episode. Sorry, Wikipedia. I'm sorry we <laughs> neglected you for so but long. But I believe uh, in the first series, the first few seasons of Charles in Charge, Nicole Eggert. Oh yeah. No, in the in the she was the new family. Nicole Eggert was this hot blonde. Yeah, hot. She was later daughter, in Baywatch. And I think she was 16 when she started. Okay. And I believe that they started dating in real life when she was like 17 and he was like 32. Oh, okay. Well, I like it. Have you um, typed in Scott Bay and Nicole I used Eggert? to think she was... She was gorgeous. Yeah, she was very hot. Um, Scott Bay and Nicole Eggert. I lost my... Vid- oh, here we oh, go. Oh, shit. Sorry. <laughs> Hang on, let I me was, get I was, I was almost going to read that headline all out until I realized what the rest of that uh, oh, headline said. And then I was like, well, I need to get, I need to click through to this and uh, see. So, um, uh, all right, here we go. Uh, connecting, it says here. So... Australian uh, broadband at its at its best. Thanks, yeah. Malcolm. Thank you, Malcolm Turnbull, my local member. This is your electorate, mate. You couldn't get the fucking internet to work <laughs> in your own fucking electorate. What's fucking George Miller doing? He's got fucking new cuts to send of Mad I mean, Max Fury Road too. How is yeah? This is he probably like he probably, that's why the film's been delayed, mate. Probably be fucking three of them out by now <laughs> if Malcolm Turnbull hadn't uh, fucked up the internet. Do you want to just pause it for a minute? It's taking a second. So, Charlie, my internet has finally decided to work. Okay. So, we just took a seven-hour break. It was like we're on dial-up, 56K. We are now on the roof. We actually unplugged Will's Wi-Fi and went back to a dial-up modem. We are on the roof of my office doing this podcast now. It's been a progressive podcast. Um, So, (coughs) yeah. by the way, (laughs) Will's had six hours to get that cough out. In the break, um, I did post a photo of Charlie to Instagram. Uh, wearing my Justin Trudeau shirt. So if you want to check that out, it's on my Instagram page, at Willarius. And um, uh, so far, the major commentary... I was going to ask you about Willarius. Yeah. Because I walked past a hairdresser the other day called Hairlarius. And I'm like, oh yeah, Hairlarius. And that got me thinking about Willarius. I'm like, well, hmm. I what? don't know. What, it doesn't work for what me. What do you mean? Willarius. Hilarious. Hairlarius. If you're a barber. They both work. <laughs> you fucking I don't idiot. know that they both I work. I am hilarious and my name is Will. That's one of the better ones. I called my Instagram that. That's the year that, that it might started Instagram. The year my show was called Willarious. That's how you can tell. Yeah, right. And the year I set up my email account. This will account. never date. And the, the year I set up my Yahoo account, my yeah. show was I am the Willarious. <laughs> I have a pretty simple pattern. You can chart Will's career by his social media signature. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, okay, so uh, the headline here. Nicole Eggert, uh, colon. That's not her uh, name, by the way. <laughs> Unfortunate. <laughs> she married Barry Colon. Nicole Eggert, colon. <laughs> Nicole Eggert, colon. 
I lost my, my virginity at age 17, dash, to Charles in Charge co-star Scott Bayo. Now, I bet she didn't say was those exact... headline? I thought everyone knew this. That's the headline. When was this article written? October 5, 2013. Oh, wow. By Gina like Carbone. Carboni? Maybe. I think it was a car. Uh, the car and the bones. Married. <laughs> uh, wow. Okay, this is the first line. Well done. Sorry, Gina, that I mocked your name recently because your first line has won me back. Wow. Guess Charles really was in charge. <laughs> Nicole Eggert, now 41, was recently on uh, blah, blah, blah and talked about her time back on Charles in Charge. Nicole played Jamie Powell, one of the Powell kids, taken care of by Charles. Now... I believe the Powells were the second family that Charles was in charge of. There was a different family to begin with. and But they had to move away for yeah. undisclosed reasons. Yeah. <laughs> because Scott Mayo found a really hot chick at a Starbucks <laughs> and was like... Both Nicole and Scott were major crushes for teens all over the world. No, no doubt about that. As a 32-year-old babysitter, he was a teen crush? Can 30-year-olds be teen crushes? Yeah, absolutely. I guess well, so. he had Robert boys Pattinson good looks as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on the radio show, oh, uh, what's his face? Luke Perry from Beverly Hills. No, no, two, yeah, one, no. Good point. On the radio show, Nicole revealed that she and Scott, who is now 53, so she's 41. So okay, so he was year. 12 years older. So he's 29. Started hooking up during filming. Yeah, there was some flirting. Yeah, there was some messing around. This is from her. Yeah, this is a quote. Yeah, there was some flirting. <laughs> That's oh my what she said. She's, she's a Southern Belle. <laughs> Yes, there was some flirting in the birding, birding. Yes, there was some flirting. Yes, there was some messing around later when like, I was like 16. Oh my God, what? That doesn't sound legal. <laughs> and don't forget, he was in his 20s, she says. So hang on. Now, I don't know what the statutory rape laws are, but if you're 16, the person can... can... I think in Australia... All oh, right. It'd be something like you have to be. I think you have to be within two years of the person. If, if the you're person's 16. under eighteen, if yeah. So if you're and sixteen and you, you can't be any older than eighteen. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and otherwise, uh, you the, go to jail. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much it. Okay, so Clean that up. Okay, <laughs> different laws in the US. Uh, uh, okay, but she didn't have sex. They didn't have sex until later. Like I was, six months later, when she turned seventeen. I was. A oh, thank God you waited. I was a virgin. Don't slut shame her, Charlie. No, I'm I not was saying a, that. I was a virgin almost... Uh, uh, sorry, I was a virgin until I was 17, uh, almost 18 years old. Okay. Uh, she didn't want to go into the virginity thing on the radio, but they pushed. Oh. <laughs> well, so they no. pushed into her virginity? Yeah, hang on. Don't, oh, God. Don't force her into it. No means no, fellas. Uh, but they pushed uh, since she's dated so many famous people. She said she didn't lose her virginity to Marky Mark Wahlberg. Because that was someone else. So I assume in this interview they're saying, "Hang on, who was it? Who was it?" And they're just throwing right. out names. Yeah, right? was it Marky Mark? No, uh, he was close though. What? Oh, he. Oh, yeah. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Yeah, exactly. He had some good vibrations going on. <laughs> you know what I mean, he was going to boogie her nights. Come on, come on. He <laughs> uh, was going to be the perfect storm in her <laughs> underpants. He was going to give her the big hit. Her underpants would be departed from her body. (laughs) 
Can't think of any more. Marky he would Markham. write about it in his basketball diary. <laughs> <laughs> he calls his penis the lone survivor. <laughs> he investigated her planet of the apes. <laughs> I don't. Okay, sure. It was Earth all along. Uh, spoilers. Um, all right, here we go. Uh, Nicole eventually revealed that Scott was her first time. She was 17 and started dating another guy and didn't want to be a virgin anymore. I was embarrassed I was a virgin, so I needed someone to pop the cherry and make me a veteran. God, well, that's not actually how it works, by that's, the way. And that's also the hottest pickup pick up line. Hey, I'm sick hey. of being a virgin. I need you to pop my cherry. So I can be a veteran. You don't go straight from virgin to veteran, by the way. Yeah, no, they do. When they're marching uh, uh, on oh, Memorial now, Day, march. they bring out the veterans. <laughs> We've had uh, veterans of World War One, World War Two, Vietnam, and now here come the virginal veterans. <laughs> Led by Nicole Eggert. <laughs> and All anyone right. who has an Xbox account. So she basically asked Scott to do the deed. She didn't even want to go to dinner with him. She just wanted him for the experience. What? I mean, I didn't realize that you had to have, like, dinner was a prerequisite for <laughs> well, sex. I mean, if for, that's the case, I've been doing it wrong. For virginity, like, it feels like that's a special occasion, you know what I mean? Like, you know. Oh, I guess if, I guess if, you, if it's premeditated, sure. Yeah. Yeah, if you're not like a couple of teenagers making out on a couch at a party and then things just happen. Yeah. Like,. I feel like, you know, she said, hey, I want you to pop my cherry. But and you know like, what? Let's not waste time with fucking dinner and dinner. entrees. Let's just get straight to dessert. Let's just get straight to cherry. As she said, yeah. you can't make an omelette unless you scramble a few eggots. <laughs> she goes, I only want one thing tonight and it's sweet cherry pie. <laughs> so <laughs> I've got a warrant. What? That's weird. Uh, Nicole also hooked up with her. Oh, okay. Here we go. Nicole also hooked up with her Baywatch co-star. Uh, let me guess. Uh, Baywatch co-star. Uh, it would be... Oh, God, what's his fucking name? Is, are his initials DC? No. Oh. Uh, Marvel. It, what? No. <laughs> Is, uh, give me his initials. JJ. Oh, my God. Oh. Uh, no, don't know. His last name is Abrams? JJ Abrams. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Jenkins, Josh, the guy played Bo Brody. What's his name? Jeremy Jackson. Jeremy Jackson. It doesn't count if you say it slightly <laughs> after I said it, but long after they were on the show. She was also engaged for a while. Oh, Well, by the way, what radio show is she on? <laughs> we were just doing the fucking history of Nicole Eggert. Like, was there, was there music being played between these bits of vital information? Uh, is this one of those things where they took over all the radio stations to convey this to everyone? <laughs> Breaking news. We've got Nicole Eggert's entire history. She was also engaged for a while to late actor. River, River Phoenix. No. Ah, oh. give me a... Well, I mean, you're not, you're not quite there, but he, you're not a million miles away. He's departed. Um, yeah. Like it's certainly someone who teenage girls thought was very, very attractive. And died. Yeah. And In the died. died in the 90s? He died. Oh, I can't remember when he died. I mean, he's definitely dead. And it was a similar sort of cause of death. So it's an OD. Yeah. Hot. He died 2010. Movie star or TV star? He was a movie star. Oh, fucking Corey Haim. Corey Ian Haim. I didn't 
didn't know he was Canadian. Oh, yeah. Oh, hey, yeah. (laughs) Right. I'm wearing my Justin Trudeau top. I should say that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. You betcha. Yeah, okay. So so she also was engaged to Corey Haim for a while. Fucking hell. You know why? Because they're in a movie called The Blow Up, and that's the first time you got to see her boobs. I used to work in a video store. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so there's not much. That's about That's about the... Oh, hang so on. Scott Bayo took her virginity. Yeah. So he fucked Nicole Eggert. Now he's going to fuck America. Ah, <laughs> uh, thank you. Yeah, and thank you. And podcast over <laughs> forever. Uh, do you, should we wind it up? That feels like a good. Oh yeah, that's no, 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 actually. Yeah, you know what? That, oh, Big finish. All right. oh, no, wait, 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 wait. No, I've clicked on another. A twist in the tail. Uh, oh, the video's playing. Yeah. Okay. Hang on. Nope. Uh, clear history. Uh. No, I've clicked on a new article. Okay. It was the video from the article. Okay. Uh, Nicole Eggert was the object of countless crushes as fresh-faced teen. Okay, this pause a second, because we both said that, right? Yep. Growing up in the 80s, she was an unbelievably beautiful girl on a TV show. Fresh-faced teen, Jamie her, Powell. Jamie Powell. Uh, later earning her red swimsuit as lifeguard now. Let's see how you go, human internet here. Okay. What was her character's name no, on Baywatch? I don't know that. Okay, for, I'll give you By a the clip. way, I, what I can tell you though is by the time she got to Baywatch, she had fake boobs. Okay, here's what I'm going to tell you. I knew that already. And secondly... <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. Secondly... Excellent. I know. I will give you... Excellent. Excellent. Uh, so I will give you clues. Okay. Uh, about this. So her first name is a season of the year. Autumn. And her summer. La- summer. It's and summer. her last name is the last name of a female super, uh, comic book character. Uh, character or superhero? Character. Summer Lane? Ka- can be a superhero, but ka- it's a bit of a muddy area, I would oh. say. Summer Lane? Summer- is, the, is the Joker a, a superhero? Ah, uh, Summer Quinn. Summer Quinn on Baywatch. However, for her latest role, the blonde... Oh, okay. No, we don't want to... (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That is the sound of a guy bailing out mid-sentence. Firewatch. What were we going to say, Will? Uh, Beer, 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 beer. Beer. I'm another beer. Now I'm going to... Okay, now I'll just read it for you. you (laughs) This is not your words. You're reading from an article. However, for her latest role, the blonde beauty will be heard but not seen. Eggett, 42, co-stars with Mario Lopez. In The Dog Who Saved Easter. Oh, a sequel to The Dog Who Saved Christmas? In which the pair voiced two amorous canines. Now, the reason I didn't read that was I just didn't want to think of her like that. What do you mean? Like voicing a cartoon? With Mario Lopez? Like from Saved by the Bell? That makes sense like to me. voicing a cartoon about amorous Hang dogs. On, are you the saying it is bizarre Easter? that a girl who is in Charles in Charge... I'm not saying it's bizarre. Her- I'm saying I don't want to think of her like that. I want her to remember... I want to remember her... As a 16-year-old? As. All right. Okay. You've been listening Sorry, to Topol. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> Everyone relax. In honor of her upcoming flick, the actress chatted with people in honor of her upcoming flick. You know, I'm sure In people, honor? I'm sure people. Not to raise I'm sure people, uh, publicity. I'm sure people magazine yeah. went to Nicole yeah. and said, how would you like to honor your We're movie? doing a special edition, Nicole, uh, asking celebrities how uh, they honor yeah. The dog who saved Easter. <laughs> How would you like to honor said film? Uh, she, uh, okay, here we go. Uh, she, all right. To honor. Now that you're a mum of two, would you hire Charles in Charge from Charles in Charge 
to watch your kids? Probably not. Laughs. Wow. <laughs> she knows. Scott Bayo, child fucker. Yeah. Oh no no no. <laughs> no no no. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't almost, mean that. Almost that eight. Yeah. Uh, he was almost 30. <laughs> sure. 29. He was 29. She was 16. Uh, you were also on Who's the Boss? Oh. Was she? As who? Right. Samantha's friend? Okay. All right. Now we're going to have to fucking go a little deeper. By the here. way, I actually thought we were wrapping the show up, but I, I feel like too, we've got another half hour to go. I realize that we've barely cracked this, Eggert. So, um, <laughs> Nicole Eggert. Uh, all right, here we go. We should stop eggeting each other on. It's true. So, Nicole Elizabeth Eggert, born January 13, uh, 1972. That's not far from your birthday. Uh, January 31, 1974. Like I said, her not notable far, two weeks. roles include Jamie Powell, as we've aforementioned, Summer Quinn. Uh, in 1999, Nicole guest starred on Boy Meets World with uh, Fred Savage's little brother. She has made several. Christmas movies that premiered on Lifetime. What? 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 <laughs> I mean, I imagine the dog that saved Christmas, as yeah. you speculated about early. Eggert was recently a consultant on the VH1 reality show Celebrity Fit Club. Oh, yeah, that's right. And she recently came in second on ABC's celebrity diving show, Splash. Which they brought to Australia. Celebrity Splash. All right, let's look at her career. Here we go. In 1980, at age eight... Eggert landed a role in the movie Rich and Famous opposite Jacqueline Bassett and Candace Bergen. Wow. There you go. Uh, also in 1980, Eggert provided the voice of Dennis's arch snobby rival Margaret in Dennis the, the Menace. Menace in Mayday for Mother, which was the first animated adaption for the Dennis the Menace trilogy. What? Eggert had a recurring role on Who's the Boss from 1985 to 1986 as Marcy Ferguson, who was a friend of Samantha, Samantha. Maselli. Maselli! I was trying to think the other day what the name of that family and who's the boss was. This is my life, Will. Literally three days ago, I was walking the dog and I'm like, what was Tony Dance's fucking surname on that show? Maselli. Or Michelli? Maselli. Michelli? I don't know. I don't Maselli. know if it's or Maselli. Uh, she appeared on the show. Okay, so I'm going to skip through the ones we know. Charles in charge and Baywatch. Yeah. Uh, she appeared on the show from 1992 to 1994, that's Baywatch, and was originally supposed to be on the Baywatch spin-off. Baywatch Nights? It doesn't say what it was. Oh, God. I she love returned. Baywatch. Sorry, by the way, do you know what Baywatch Nights is? Have you heard of what Baywatch Nights is? No. Oh, this is amazing. I have some friends in Melbourne, some old mates um, uh, that I grew up with, and we had a love and appreciation for terrible like TV shows. It was... You remember back in the sort of late 80s, early 90s, if it was a Saturday night, if you watched TV on like Channel 9 after 10.30, you would discover like Renegade or, you know, I some mean, Renegade was a great vampire show. show. You know, they'd just play... Uh, Midnight Caller. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, Baywatch Nights debuted yep. in the mid-90s. And the concept behind Baywatch Nights is they took Mitch Buchanan, David Hasselhoff's character, who by day was a lifeguard. But at night, he battled supernatural forces that Shut were... Up. Have you never heard of Baywatch Nights? This is not. This is a completely truth. new podcast. We have not. Oh my god! So right. my friends, uh, for my birthday when I was nineteen, gave me three VHS tapes, which they'd taped every episode of Baywatch Nights off TV. It is incredible. It's basically the X Files meets Mitch Buchanan. 
Have you found it? Oh, hang on. But that's... Bellwatch Nights as in... Oh, yeah. No, okay. Good. All right. Okay. Um, But it's before Baywatch. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Oh, all right. Let's go. All right. Now we're... Now oh, we're... Hang on. I thought, said I was getting comfy before. Ah, now I'm really comfortable. Let's the get series some... is a spin-off from the television series Baywatch. So, yes. it, no, it isn't before. It just must be somewhere okay. in the middle of it. All right. Okay. Here we go. Oh, goodness. Baywatch Nights is an American police and science fiction drama series... X-Files meets Baywatch. I mean... <laughs> Shut How up. How the fuck have we got to 130 whatever episodes and we haven't brought up Baywatch Nights? I, because I've... Ne- this is just like... I've unlocked a new like portal in your brain. I mean, I can't believe I've lived this How long. How have you not known about Baywatch? Mate, know Baywatch I have still Nights had is. the VHS. If you I've had seen VH- every episode of Chances. <laughs> I had the Chances rap that somebody recorded. Like, People with- take chances <laughs> all through their lives. Don't give it up. It's your right to survive. Whatever the truth is, something and some lose. Remember. That's the greatest example of a TV show that just, like, there was a point where they just decided we are going to make the most fucked up crazy TV show of all time. Yeah. It was like, I got addicted to chances. But anyway, right, Baywatch Nights. Nights. That's for another episode. Baywatch Nights is an American police and science fiction drama that aired in syndication from 1995 to 1997. Created uh, by Douglas Schwartz and David Hasselhoff and Gregory J. Bernan. The series is a spin-off from the television series Baywatch. Okay. Synopsis. <laughs> by the way, not a huge Wikipedia entry <laughs> is what I will say. Oh, really? Yeah. No. I'm flabbergasted. Pretty much other than the cast, uh, other than this synopsis, there is nothing much else here. So... The original premise of the show was that during a midlife crisis, Sergeant Garner Ellaby, who's the cop, Gregory Ann Williams. Do you remember in Baywatch there was Alan his Williams, mate, the, bla- the black guy who's the cop? Okay. Who, do you remember Baywatch? Did you ever uh, see it? Yeah, no, so, I mean, I remember kind of Baywatch. So Mitch had a buddy who was this uh, cop who was who would ride his bike down. He was like a kind of cash cop. He had like a polo shirt and shorts and he'd ride his bike and he'd patrol the beach. So if, if the Baywatch team came across a cr- criminal activity, then they'd bring this dude in. And they had a bit of, they had a bit of a kind of John McClane, uh, you know, whatever that his black, you know, that kind of relationship. It's like, God damn it, Mitch Buchanan, you know, you, I come down here for, I'm getting, let's stop doing that bit. <laughs> Sergeant Garner Ellaby, El, yeah, Gregory Allen Williams. Yeah. Uh, who was the resident. Police, Reginald Val Johnson. That's who he was. Who was the resident police officer of Baywatch since the beginning of the series, decides to quit his job as a police officer and form a detective agency. Mitch Buchanan, David Hasselhoff, his friend from Baywatch, joins to support him. Because that's what you need when you start your PI agency is a lifeguard. Uh, And they are in turn joined by a detective named Ryan McBride, Angie Harmon. Singer Lou Rawls, who starred in the first episode, performed... Angie Harmon from Law & Order? Oh. I think she's from Law and Order. Yeah, I think or you're one right. of, or CSI, one of those cop procedural shows. No, you're right. She uh, and you know how and this is the human internet working, Law and Order, human internet working to the nth degree. She and was, Rizzoli and Isles. She's Rizzoli or Isles. I'm not sure which. I've never seen the show. She was cast in Baywatch Nights <laughs> because David Hasselhoff was on a flight that she was on and asked her if she, she was a model, Angie Harmon, <laughs> and David Hasselhoff asked her that. I remember that from seeing an episode of E! News, like in 1993. Will, what is wrong with me? 
What is wrong with me? Oh, oh, oh shit, I've lost it. <laughs> I've I've clicked back too many. I've got so many things open right now. That I... You're like Batman in his cave. You've just got like monitors covering every bit of information about Baywatch Nights. There it is. All right, here we go. Oh, by the way, I think... Here we go. Let's have a look. Baywatch Nights. Oh, yeah. No, the episodes are on YouTube. So if uh, people want to check out Baywatch Nights, it is available on YouTube at the moment. So... Um, I, I just need to get back to this one link here and all right, here we go. Um, singer Lou Rawls, who starred in the first season, performed the, the theme song oh. after the sun goes down alongside, uh, give me a hint. I mean, it's, it's the obvious answer. Obviously. Oh, David Hasselhoff. David Hasselhoff. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as I was saying that, like... That's a great example of when you should listen. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm like, oh, just who's the, oh, yeah. Yeah, you're like, it must be a trick quote. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. David Hasselhoff. <laughs> Rawls played the the role of Lou Raymond, owner of the nightclub where the detective agency rented their office. Yeah. Midway into the first season, the show added two new cast members. Uh, and okay, all right. Who cares? During the second season. First, no hyperlinks on those cast members? Uh, Eddie Sibrian and Donna DeErico. Maybe. Oh, Donna Donna Derico, Donna who is Derico. also she's she's also a character from um, Baywatch, the show. She was a, a sexy. She was like the a Pamela Anderson type. I mean, she was married to Nikki Six from Motley Crue, I believe. Donna Derico, Derico is an American actress and model who proposed for Playboy magazine as yeah. its Playboy Playmate of the Month, September nineteen ninety five, and had a starring role. 1996 to 98 on the television series Baywatch. But who's the rock star she's married to? Was she it was, Nikki Six? Oh, Someone like that. Oh, that's Jeremy Jackson next to her. I thought, a personal life. Uh, Derecho. Derico. Derico. Divorced rock musician, Nikki Six. <laughs> Will, I know nothing about important <laughs> issues, but I can tell you that Donna DeRico was married to Nikki Six. What is wrong with me? That is why Donald Trump is going to be president, Charlie. <laughs> because of people like fucking you. So, there you go. Let's get, we've got to get out of this inception. But <laughs> during the second season, facing slippery... Hang on. So, they got to a second season? Yeah, they got two Holy seasons. shit. During the second season, facing slippery ratings, which were never as good as the original series, the producers decided to switch to a science fiction format. So this is where it got. So, it was so a what bit was like the first season? Detective then? crime. Detective. Okay, so I was only aware of it when it was the supernatural. But was the supernatural <laughs> season one? And then science here. fiction season two. Well, it says here, okay. During the second season, facing slippery ratings, uh, the producers decided to switch to a science fiction format inspired by the success of X-Files. The X-Files. Uh, Gregory Allen Williams left the series and was replaced by Dorian Gregory as Diamond Teague, a paranormal expert. The new format did not help the series and was cancelled after the second season. Okay, well, there you go. R.I.P. Baywatch Nights. Baywatch Nights. I've got to watch some of Baywatch Nights. Oh, so. Mate, you won't regret it. It's amazing. Like, the opening credits... In fact, can you just YouTube the opening credits of Baywatch Nights and just describe okay, it to see. people? Because my memory of it <clears throat> is it's like 
if you went to the cheapest theme sh- uh, like theme park where they had like a spooky horror house, that is the opening credits. The Baywatch Nights. Yeah, let's just see if, if this comes up now. What I've uh, Googled here is uh, the first episode of Baywatch Nights. Did you Google uh, YouTube opening credits? Well, I did not know if it would go that deep, but this is Baywatch Nights opening episode, so... All right, do you want to pause? That's why my internet works. What the fuck? This is... No, I think we should, like, comment on this. This is insane. You, this is real-time. Will, how long ago did you click open the file? I mean, at least 30 seconds ago. And his wheel is still spinning. We haven't even left the kind of navigation page. Right. It's been at least 15 seconds now. I mean, I, I, we have no idea how time works, but I would say <laughs> it's been ages. It's been ages so far. Still going. Yeah. Still going. Internet is anyway. The internet's really bad at my place, I but mean, it's yeah, really bad at your it's place. Bad here. I mean, I live. There's a cliff just over there, and we're like at the. Back I, of yeah. The- I mean, I'll, we said it earlier, but I said, it, but George Miller lives in this neighborhood. And I can't imagine George Miller's internet is as bad as but yours. But also, firstly, the person who was in charge of this, Malcolm Turnbull, was the Minister for Communications, right? He By the way, in, we still have not still left the Google left navigation the page. page. I mean, but up the top here it says Nicole Eggert, Corey Haim. <laughs> so we've still got a bit to go back. We're within a dream. We've got content. Within a dream. Within a dream. <laughs> yeah. But literally at the moment, oh, 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 oh now the page, the page okay, just crashed. That's not giving me anything. That is amazing. Yeah, no, it's terrible. Oh, like, wow. So I live in the Prime Minister's electorate and they can't get the internet fucking right. Are you kidding me? I mean, the productivity that we're losing in this country, like in America, like if I was in my apartment in LA at the moment, this would be loaded by now. This yeah. podcast would be loaded by now. I know. <laughs> we, <laughs> we, we recorded it yesterday. It have, yeah, that's how quick the internet is. Yeah, that's right. Because America's like, that's what, 12 hours behind us? Okay, all right. Now we're going to have to pause though. This is crazy. Because All right, yes. hang on. We'll be back. All right, so finally, another six hours later. Well, we turned the internet on and off. That's how bad it got. We actually so, shut Australia's power grid down. Yeah, uh, we turned Australia on and off. Yeah, and now the right wing are coming out and saying it's because we've invested in <laughs> renewable <clean> energy. energy. <laughs> yeah, they blame wind farms. It's so wind, it's weird because it's been so windy today. But anyway, here we okay, go. So we found Baywatch Nights season two opening credits. Opening credits. Okay. okay. By the way, I please internet, forgive me for not trusting you that somebody would have gone to the effort of just putting the opening credits of Baywatch Nights too. I can't believe, I know you thought it was too specific. I was already surprised that the episodes were there. (laughs) I thought that we would actually just like, we'll have to, but no, no, no. No. The internet has So if you want to watch this with us, so just go to YouTube, go to Baywatch Nights season two opening credits and we're at zero seconds and we're pressing play. No. Oh. Oh, Mitch Buchanan walking past a picket fence. It looks like, like a graveyard, graveyard. fence. Yeah, and almost like he could be a vampire. Yeah, that's what it really looks like. There's a saxophone solo starring going David nuts. Hasselhoff. Oh, and he's under a spotlight now. Yeah, there's some there's candles. Oh, and other, a gargoyle. Oh, Whoa, that's spooky. Oh, that's spooky. And then just like the, the sun's sun. rising and, and a then skull. And then Angie Harmon, young Angie Harmon, Hi, who Angie. Uh, he cast off an aeroplane. And then just running, running He's down. Running, a, we love the uh, it, looks like, run. it looks like uh, it's oh, a werewolf. Wolf. It's a werewolf. It's a werewolf. And then that's still, still walking Mitch, in the shadow. Yeah, uh, here's oh, Eddie, Eddie Cibrian. Cibrian, who's putting oh. a gun at us. Yeah, I know that guy. Sure. Angie Hammond's been sucked into a room. Now it's a montage of action. By the way, this is Mitch Buchanan from Baywatch, <laughs> who is basically fighting monsters. That needs to be 
pointed out right now. Explosion! Running from an explosion <laughs> running, in slow motion. Running away from an explosion. Donna, Donna Arico, uh, former wife of Nikki Six. By the way, it's on the left side of the screen, Mitch Buchanan is still walking towards us. <laughs> some sort of uh, necronomicon was in the background. And then oh, a, a candle just got candle. extinguished. And, and now it's Mitch Buchanan. Up, He's Mitch a handsome Buchanan. man. No wonder the Germans love close him. Close up. Hang on, what will Something never, will never be, be the same? same? Hang on, we're rewinding. Uh, so, what will never be? The Knights. The Knights? The Knights will never... Oh, so go again. <laughs> Hang on. I think it is The Knights. So I can't hit over that amazing sex. <laughs> yeah. The Knights. Yeah. Oh, and a spooky kind of like... <laughs> Orchestral climax at the end. That got me. I jumped. Uh, How did that not get to three seasons? <laughs> you know what? Fucking revive it. Revive it for Netflix. I mean, you could get Hasselhoff. Oh, yeah. He's I mean, available. That's, that's, and I'd, I'd say that all that cast would probably you, be available. You know what? Wouldn't that be great? Original cast. Baywatch Nights. Nights. And you kind of make it with a modern twist. Like, so it's you kind get of, the it's guys who, to, who rebooted 21 Jump Street. Right. Fucking now, why are we doing this shitty podcast when we have these amazing ideas that should be making us the new Lord Miller? I was at dinner the Anderson other... Clawson. I was at dinner. Doesn't sound as good. Lord Miller sounds much better. You can't say we'll, An- we'll an make... Anderson Clawson production. Uh Will, Too much Sun Sun. Will Charlie? And no. a and a Claus? And a Klaus. And a Claus. And a Klaus. And a and a Klaus? Klaus and And a Claus sounds like almost like Santa Claus. Yeah. I feel like that'd be <laughs> and good. <a> Claus. <laughs> Yeah, because Santa Claus makes you happy. We make you right. sad. Right. <laughs> we know if you've been naughty. Yeah, we reward the naughty, not the nice. I mean, I guess what I would say is I was out at dinner the other night. We sell our services too cheaply. I was out at dinner the other night. The ABC uh, took the Gruen uh, kind of production team. Well, not production team, but myself and the other producers of the show, some people from our company, had some of the heads of the ABC, and we had a dinner together. And... During the night, I kept pitching shows because one of the other people who produ- produces shows at uh, CJZ, which is the company that makes our show, every I was like just on this role that everything was a show. So every time during the night, I'd be like, "That's like a show. That that could be a show." And like, but he was really kind of liking some of the ideas. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Send me a box of cab charges because when I'm doing Gruen, I get like these things that you can get free taxi rides, right? I said, send me a bunch of cab chargers, and every time I'm in a cab that when I'm using one of your free cab chargers, I'll send you a TV show idea. <laughs> I said, I'm willing with that deal. I'm happy to just, while I'm in the cab, think of a TV show idea and send it yeah. to you. You give me a box of cab chargers. Don't want to consult the driver, though, because I've had some pretty interesting conversations with Sydney It's called, drivers. how about those Asians? Yeah. <laughs> All right. No, that is a show. It could be you talking to the cab driver. That's one. See, that's a how show. That's Asians? a cab charge. Yeah. yeah. How about those Muslims? Yeah. How about those cab drivers say? How about cra- those privileged white males? Cab drivers say the craziest things. <laughs> <laughs> you make the show for forty five dollars. Film it all in the cab. On the in in the in they already have a camera in there. All right, so we should finish. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Copyright right. and a clause productions. All right. So uh, finally, oh, uh, we've got we've got a final. Well, no, well, we just have to quickly just get back through this. Okay, the, the we wormhole. Don't, we don't need to learn about Corey Haim. That's fine. We, yeah, we just we need know to, how that ended. We just need to close off uh, Nicole Eggert. So, yeah, uh, Baywatch Hawaiian. Well, Week. what came first? The, the chicken, chicken or the egg? 
No, that was worth. That was definitely worth. It was definitely worth ninety minutes to get to that. Uh, she came back uh, for Baywatch Hawaiian Wedding, the movie reunion. She appeared on Married with Children in the episodes Enemies. Uh, God, that would be an early nineties bloody fat fest. Christina Applegate versus Nicole Eggert. No, not Christina Applegate. Alyssa Milano. Oh, Married with Children. Yeah, no, Married Christina with Children. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking I'm Who's not... the Boss still. <laughs> I was still in Who's the Boss land, sorry. Okay. Let's get... No, let's... I was in the early 90s. You know what? Let's get Alyssa Milano involved yeah. as well. Uh, Married with Children in the episode Enemies. And then it says, confusingly, uh, the opposite of the series Friends. The opposite of Married with Children is Friends? No, well, maybe... No, the Enemies. Is there... So maybe it was like a parody oh, of Friends as in, or no, something. The opposite of Enemies is Friends. Yeah, but it says opposite of the series Friends. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Well, maybe it was like a parody of like the television. That they didn't I don't, do that I don't, on I don't think they children, did that. No, they? I think the name of the episode was called Enemies. Yeah. And then the person putting this Wikipedia entry in, who I'm going to say is probably Nicole Eggert, <laughs> found some irony in the next job she had. All right. As Shannon intended to be a backdoor pilot for a spinoff. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Make your own jokes up at home, guys. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, Eggert appears on the cover of the debut album Lemonade and Brownies of rock band. What what year is it? Oof. Oh, is it late nineties? I mean, I'm going to say it's early two thousands, but maybe okay, it's late nineties. Limp Biscuit. I mean, you're so in oh, the right zone. God, you are so in the right zone. What's the name of the album again? Uh, Lemonade and Brownies. I've got to say, it sounds a lot like Limp Biscuit, but <sighs> look, I-, I will say that both of the products, Lemonade and Brownies, contain. Uh, a lot of the amount of one of the name... So the they, the band name has... <laughs> sorry, that was confusing. Worst <laughs> quiz show ever. So the band name is two... Like like Limbiscuit, yeah. it's two words, yeah. right? One of the words is a key ingredient of both lemonade and brownies. Sugar? Yes. Ray. Sugar Ray, <laughs> correct. <laughs> I like this game show. <laughs> In 2004... Eggert played the role of Ginger in the first edition of TBS Network's The Real Gilligan's Island reality show. What? What? Oh, shit. This is a whole new type of episode. (laughs) We can't go down this rabbit hole. we just have to have a quicker look at this. Oh, God. The Real Gilligan's Island. Oh, my God. Yeah. Is a reality television series that aired two seasons. Again, two seasons. That's the magical number. On TBS in 2004 and 5. Contestants on the show were required to participate in challenges... Oh, so it's essentially Survivor, Survivor but the challenges are plots from, from the 1960s television show. You know what? I like Gilligan's that. <laughs> I like... That sounds ahead of its time. Right. I'll be honest with you. That's pretty fucking great. That's a great idea. Yeah, you could do a Hogan's Heroes reality oh, show. That is a great idea. Cap you could charge. do a, Is that Cap Charge worthy? <laughs> if, like, AI develops, you could do a Small Wonder reality series. A family has to have, like, a... Like a prepubescent robot working for them. Okay, all right. We won't go down that rabbit hole today. But uh, okay, Nicole Eggert. Let's just finish off on Eggert. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> just like Scott Mayo did in 1987, she was the first guest star to appear on the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Oh my god! Okay, so this is human internet again. There was an amazing fucking show in the late 90s called the Super. Was it called Super Mario the Brothers? Super Mario Brothers, Brothers Super Show, which was. Uh, combined live action and animation where it was the Mario Brothers and Mario was played by Captain Lou Albano, the wrestler. He played Mario and they had a theme song which is the Mario Brothers rap. <laughs> it went, 
Dun, 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 dun. We're the Mario Brothers, and plumbing's our game. We're not like the others who get all the fame. But if your sink is in trouble, you can call us on the double. We'll be faster than the others. You can be counting on the brothers. Also in 1989, Eggett hosted the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards with... Scott Mayo. Uh, so, this person is uh, nerd royalty. Will Wheaton. <laughs> Will Wheaton. <laughs> I mean, I didn't even get to give the... You he has the exact shocked. same... He spells his name the exact same way I do. <laughs> you were shocked by how quick I got fired back then, yeah, didn't you? Will Wheaton. Correct. Uh, she also appeared on Scott Bayo is 45 oh, yeah, yeah. and single. Okay. Uh, on September 23, 2009, VH1 announced Eggett's participation in a Celebrity Fit Club. Fit Club. In 2010, Eggett appeared on the Comedy Central roast of David Hasselhoff. In 2013, Eggett was added to the class of Splash, the celebrity diving show. In April, it was reported she was injured during a taping of the episode. In the days following, she denied sustaining any serious injury. In 2014... Hardly worth an entry in Wikipedia, then. <laughs> really? Well, it's fair to say, Charlie, that after her appearance on the Comedy Central roast in 2010, it's been slim pickings for oh, Nicole right. Eggert. So, okay. here we go. The Eggert's off the boil? In 2014, Eggert began a new career. Now, what, what was her new career, do you think, Charlie? Does it involve? Is it? Uh, does it involve fashion? It does not. Does it involve um, like crafts, like homewares? No, it does it, not. Is it involved in entertainment still? I mean, look, it depends. Oh, I God. mean, very loosely. Does it involve nudity? It does not involve nudity. Oh, no. Okay. It involves something delicious. That is... Uh, so she created... Uh, she invested in a chain of... <laughs> I mean, bless you, thinking that Nicole could own a chain. No, no, sorry, like a franchise. She franchised a... She uh, invested in, like, what? Like, desserty or, or savoury? Eggert became, began a new career as the owner-operator of... of an ice cream truck. Oh. <laughs> Why is ah uh, look? I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the king of Wikipedia, right? But there's been a couple of entries in this latter half that I'm like, is that worthy of a mention? Were you injured? No. Okay. Well, don't put it in. Uh, latest you, achievements: you, you bought now an ice drive cream truck. An ice cream truck. You know what? It's fuck me laughing. There, but for the grace of God, go I. I. You know what? In a year's time, I could be driving a fucking ice cream truck. Good on Nicole Eggett yeah. for going for it. No, it's a good point. Yeah. You could play our podcast instead of Green Slates. <laughs> hey, I have some plugs. I'm going to do some quick plugs right. as if there's anyone still listening. <laughs> <laughs> I will be in uh, Portland this weekend uh, at Helium Comedy Club. So if you're in Portland or nearby to Portland, come out and see the show. Uh, the week One after. man who will be there is our super handsome producer, Mike Hal. Yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to that. We're going to have a little catch up as well. Apparently, so. uh, people are intrigued now by the uh, the Adonis we described, the young Brad Pitt Legends of the Fall Viking warrior we described. Well, if you do, if you don't want to come and see me, you won't see him. 
Right. He's yeah. going to be there. You That's can right. come along and see him. Now, listen, he's uh, in a very committed relationship. We're not saying that he's just a bit of man meat. You can come out and objectify because he's got All we're more saying qualities. is that if they were making a movie in this day and age about our podcast, yeah. he would be played by Alexander Skarsgård. Yeah, shirtless. <laughs> just producing the show, yeah. shirtless. Yeah. That's what I imagine Mike Hell does. I imagine that when he produces that show, he's in like he's sitting at a banquet table, like in Valhalla, uh-huh. like just like slices a ham and stuff like that. He grabs a wench occasionally and drinks from a goblet. He's wearing like just like a helmet with two like horns on it. This podcast amuses me. Bring me another. Smashes our file on the ground. We're like his Joker, his jester, yeah. his muse. Yes, these idiots amuse me. Uh, Cleveland after that then I'm going on the, uh, the dollop mini tour uh, they're going to be in San Francisco I'm going back to Portland and uh, Seattle so I'm going to be on, a guest on that uh, then after that I've got Alaska I've got Madison I've got Denver there's a bunch of gigs so I'm going to Bermuda uh, in Bahama Gen- oh come on pretty mama <laughs> Kilago Montego baby why don't we go I'm going to do my Kokomo tour <laughs> <laughs> Why? How did you put these dates together? You ever heard the song Kogamo? <laughs> John Stamos is coming with me. <laughs> Playing drums in the background. So, um, a bunch of shows and Adelaide uh, Fringe is on, show, on sale at the moment. January 22nd, I'll be recording my uh, special Fire at Will, although it's really the best bits of Free Will and Fire at Will, but we already had the Fire at Will backdrop, so that's going to save me some money. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> Uh, that is on sale January 22. There's only a couple of tickets left for that. And uh, Canberra, Adelaide, Brisbane, Hobart, Melbourne, Perth, something. I've missed somewhere. Sydney, all to come. Go to your website for more details. Yeah, exactly. That's a good answer, I Charlie. Mean, come on. We have a Patreon. Tell people about our Patreon. So we have a Patreon page. So Patreon is basically like a Kickstarter. So if you like our show and you want to support it, you can go to our Patreon page. And for any subscription amount from a dollar up to... Well, uh, I, okay. I'm going to go not with my, one of my outrageous suggestions as yeah. I normally do, but I'm going to go with something. There was a guy this week online. I think you saw that. He he messaged us on Twitter saying, "Yeah, I finally have enough money that I'm going to like give twenty bucks, like to the yeah twenty bucks a month, which is the, our maximum subscription level, right?" To the Tofop Patreon, and I thought that was amazing and very generous. And the thing with the Patreon is, we don't expect. By the way, you, our maximum, of, but if you want to go a bit over, right? You know hey, what? And don't think we don't notice. Yeah. You you, all you people, because we have a few people right. who are putting in more than 20 bucks a month. Don't think we don't notice. We know. Will and I, sometimes we talk about you, sometimes yeah. we, we touch ourselves. All I'm saying is that uh, there's a special podcast in the champagne room, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so if you're willing just to tip a little extra, maybe. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Book a two hour session. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we have a, um, a Patreon page. Yeah. And uh, we have some exclusive content yeah. there. So, um, James Fosdark is doing this amazing comic ship called Everyone Relax, it's which so is good. comic ships based off our uh, conversations that Will and I have had. So, if you subscribe at 10 or more you get access to that if you subscribe from five dollars or more you get access to the tofop 100 book um, if you subscribe at twenty dollars or more you get a hard copy of the book so we've got like rewards coming out our wazoo and we need this money <laughs> yeah we do need the money no you know what it's great we've had a very consistent subscription level all year and that's how we do LA Podfest. that's how we uh, get James Fosdyke doing this artwork for us that's how we pay Mike Howell so you guys are actually part of it. We want to do more stuff, and that's what the plan is. Like the, we want to get more stuff out there. But uh, this really helps. It's actually made a huge difference to the fact that you're getting this show pretty much every week. 
is because of the Patreon page. So if you like it and you want to support us, even if it's a dollar or two dollars, that really helps a lot. Yeah, I agree with what you said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> was that just like uh, that clip of Ben Affleck when they're interviewing him and Henry Cavill and they're saying, gee, the film's not doing well and they just push in on sad Affleck? <laughs> I was just ranting away. No, that was just, great. <laughs> I loved it. You are just hearing Simon and Garfunkel? Oh, I do want to give a little uh, plug to a, a podcast I did the other day because this is kind of like a smaller newer podcast like kind of starting out and they asked me if i would do it and i loved the idea of it so i was like yeah of course i would do it and i had a great time doing it and so i want to give it a plug it's called mike check and what they do is they review the films of uh mike myers to decide if you like mike myers and if any in his films are any good they like mike myers they are mike myers fans and so I did So I Married an Ex-Murderer with them. I love So I Married an Ex-Murderer. Me too. Yeah. Although, have you rewatched it recently? No. No? Well, listen into the podcast. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, no, I mean, I, I mostly still did love it, but it is interesting how context changes your mind on some things. But uh, it's a really great little podcast, so check that out. Mike, check. Oh, fuck, man. Like, if you have been saying, hey, where have you guys been? Or, you know, we haven't had like an episode in a while. This is fuck. You got some classic fucking ninety minutes of classic tofop action. You've had some Wikipedia. Had we swore within the first two minutes? Obscure TV shows. I think there was definitely like a couple of pictures. Yeah, this was like our tour where we've reformed after like having not played together for ten years. It's like you know what? We need to fucking just do play the classics. You know what? We don't even have to just play the classics. And we'll play well, for let's three just do hours. Yeah, we'll just keep going, man. Yeah. People will love it. Then turn the lights off. We're still Fine, playing. Man. It's okay. Just keep going. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. <laughs>